Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network, home of the Firebird Book Awards, the Positive Change Podcast Awards, and this podcast, Authors on Fire. I am Pat Rulo, and today I have a special treat for all of us. My guest is John Russell, who has been a professional psychic for 50 years. He is a psychic and psychic reader, a medium, a certified tarot master, a paranormal investigator, and a published author. Internationally known, he has provided psychic readings for clients in over 40 countries. He also filmed a TV pilot for the History Channel in which he psychically explored the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. There's really just so much more to know. We're going to touch on a little. We'll share his website towards the end. And I know this is going to be fun and I want to get started. Welcome to the network, John. Thank you, Pat. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for wanting to be here. I am just so thrilled to have you. Oh, bless your heart. Oh, you sweet too. All right. Let's take a quick look back and find out how all this started. When and how did you come to realize that you had psychic abilities? Oh, wow. That's a good question. It started when I was a little over five years old. And um, I was sound asleep in bed. And this... um, I, my parents had left a nightlight on down the hallway so I could see at night if I woke up, need to get up, go to the bathroom or whatever. So I'm sound asleep in bed, and it must have been like one thirty, two in the morning, something like that, pitch black outside. And I woke up from a sound sleep totally, completely wide awake. I mean, no drowsiness, no grogginess. And I was like, well, this is really strange. And I lay there in bed, and I thought, well, maybe there was a noise outside that woke me. And I laid there and listened. Everything was quiet outside. So I raised up on my elbows and just kind of looked around my bedroom, and I looked out my open bedroom door into the hallway, and around one of the door frames in the hallway going off into another room, there was this elderly black gentleman peering around the door frame at me. And I screamed bloody murder because my family's white. We didn't have anyone black living with us. I don't think we even had any black friends at the time. And when I screamed, he walked around the doorway, started walking down the hall toward my bedroom, his eyes locked with mine, and I knew he was elderly because he had close-cropped white hair and a white mustache, and he was every bit as solid as you or I. He wasn't translucent, wasn't transparent, he was completely solid, he had a long sleeve red plaid, uh, plaid flannel shirt khaki pants, black belt, black shoes. I can remember to this day. Mm. And the closer he got to me, I screamed again. My parents came running. And when they came running, then he began to disappear. And um, he started at the feet and kind of went up till he vanished. He became uh, trans, translucent, transparent, and then totally vanished. So my parents came in, and they were like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I said, someone is in this house. And they said, no, 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 you've just had a nightmare. You've just had a bad dream. And I knew that I had seen someone as solid as you or I vanish into thin air. And my fright was so real, I said, no, there's somebody in this house. And my mother held me and tried to comfort me. And my dad actually went through the house. He looked under the beds and in the closets, checked all the doors and windows. And, of course, no one was there in the flesh. So it dawned on me, I had just seen my first ghost. And it was like, what in the world did this guy want? Why did he come? 
Was he going to come back? Was he going to want to talk to me? Was he going to want me to do something that I would consider frightening? And so it took forever for them to get me back to sleep. They left a big light on in my bedroom. And uh, I was, you know, uh, several weeks of looking over my shoulder frequently and having a hard time falling asleep at night. And then I couldn't articulate it as as a child. I didn't have the vocabulary, but... Somehow, intuitively, I understood at some deep level that this uh, gentleman had come to open up this portal to these paranormal experiences I began to have. And these were experiences that were occurring on the physical realm. My parents saw them and experienced them. Other people saw them and experienced them. Mm. And I intuitively understood that somehow this was going to be important to me in my later years and important to other people that somehow it was going to be helpful to them. And then it wasn't long after that, maybe a few months after that, I was out in the backyard playing with a toy in this carpool in the driveway that I didn't recognize, didn't recognize the people. So I ran in to get my parents, and uh, I said, there's a car outside, and I don't know who it is. I said, okay, we'll come look. So they came outside, and I said, oh, these are friends of ours. And I had never met the people. So they were standing on the sidewalk talking before they went in the house, and I was goofing around with my toy, and all of a sudden, I wandered over close to them, close to the group, and I looked up at them, and there was a kind of a little lull in the conversation. Everybody kind of looked down at me and smiled, and I said, you folks have just been on vacation. And I said, you drove that car that's in the driveway, and you have two kids. They're not with you today, but you have two children, and you took those children with you on this vacation. And you stayed at this hotel that had this many stories and was painted this color, and it looked like this in front, and there were these trees that were shaped like this, irregular intervals in the front and around back was the whole the pool area and it was painted this color and so on and so forth and i'll never forget the woman looked at me with her eyes literally bugged out and her jaw agape like i had cobras growing out of my ears and she looked at my mom and dad and she goes how the hell could he possibly know that and my mother was all flustered and taken aback. She said, oh, you know, kids and their imaginations. And she goes, no, 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 no. She said, this is not kids and their imaginations. How the hell could he possibly know that? And my parents were kind of like, well, what do you mean? And she said, that's exactly what we came to tell you today was about the vacation that we just took. We drove that car. We took our two kids. The hotel that we stayed in is exactly like John described. How the hell could he possibly know that? And my parents were like, Go play, John. I was like, okay, nice to meet you folks. And off I went. And it scared them so bad they never came back again. <laughs> so that was when I discovered the beginning of the psychic gift and went on from there. Sounds like you know how to clear a room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my. Now, you said you saw things and your parents were allowed to see it as well? Right, oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, over over the course of my life, I've had way, way, way over a thousand Physical paranormal manifestations occur, and a lot of other people have witnessed these with their own eyes. We've caught them on video, we've caught them on film, uh, camera, audio, so on and so forth. So it's been a very interesting life. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you absolutely had to write some books about this. You just couldn't. You couldn't. Uh, I had to write some yeah. books about this. <laughs> and, and interestingly enough, the the first book that I wrote, writing with ghost angels and the spirits of the dead. Uh, that came out in uh, 2020, and that first book was actually an outgrowth of a um, a TV pilot that I had filmed 
for the History Channel, which unfortunately never aired. And my producer and I became fast friends, and we wanted to continue to work on some projects together to see if we could get me on the TV somehow, utilizing my psychic gifts and abilities, doing more paranormal investigations and things. And he said, uh, if you would, just write, start a blog online and just write some snippets of some things that you experience or have experienced that we can uh, refer TV producers to so they get a, a more of a general idea of what we're talking about. And I said, okay. So about that time, I've been a biker since I was 15, and on my current motorcycle, I have almost 114,000 miles on it. As someone pointed out to me, one of the interviewers pointed out to me, that's four and a half times around the circumference of the earth. <laughs> so a lot of miles. But anyways, um, I was riding all over Florida and Georgia and began to have these uh, phenomenal paranormal experiences that were directly related to my motorcycle rides. And so I put snippets of those on the blog, and then as time went by, uh, it dawned on me, it was like, you know, these experiences, even by my experiences and standards, were so phenomenal, so spectacular, so mind-blowing, even to me, that I said I had to complete these, tell the whole entire complete story of what I experienced, what I learned from it, what other people can learn from it and apply to their lives, and collect those and put them in a book. And so that's what I did, and that was how the first book came about. Was that the uh, History Channel pilot that I referred to that was going to explore the assassination of President Lincoln? Yes, no. yes, that was it. Did you ever um, get to do any of the work? I did. I, uh, we shot, uh, took a week and shot the pilot episode and uh, went all over Washington, D.C. and Maryland, and it was just marvelous. I got to go into these places, uh, all these historic places like the Ford Theater, and it was me, the film crew, and no one else. The docents opened up the doors. There were no tourists. We went in with the, myself and the film crew. They locked the doors behind us, and I had as much time to explore the places as I wanted to. And it was really phenomenal. We caught paranormal phenomena on film there. Um, it was it was just really exciting. And we were all just heartbroken when it didn't air. And uh, mm. come to find out that... That isn't uncommon in the television industry. Um, so people can have things in the can ready to go, and then they're like, oh, mm -hmm. nope, we're going another way. So uh, it was it was really heartbreaking because I think, in, in all seriousness, uh, people need to understand that the ghost shows you see on TV, that's not reality. Mm -hmm. That's not how it is to really act and interact with the other side. And there's not a demon hiding behind every bush mm -hmm. waiting to grab somebody. And a lot of these ghost hunting shows fake evidence or fake things and this and the other. So our desire was to get on the air and show it like it really is. And having captured all this stuff on, on film and having them uh, able to verify my psychic insights mm -hmm. with the docents and with the Lincoln experts and so on and so forth and validate that my psychic insights were accurate and were real. Uh, we would have set the standard for, for mm -hmm. all of the paranormal shows on TV, and it just broke all our hearts that it never aired. Oh, my. Yeah. I wonder, is there still a possibility of somehow doing an indie film? Well, I don't know. There's uh, there's a uh, guy right now that I do a lot of interviews with, and he has a uh, TV show on YouTube, and we're talking about doing something yes. um, possibly this year. Okay. So there's a few things in the works. All right. Well, keep yeah. us posted, yes. 
All right. So that was your first book, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and and the Spirits of the Dead. Right. Your second book, A Knock in the Attic, was a, the was attic, a true yeah. story about people, a psychic When people experience. read that, they're gonna, they'll find out the reason for the title. <laughs> Do you want to give us a little peek? I can give you a little peek, yeah. Um, and this book is actually, in a way, a kind of prequel to, uh, to Riding with the Ghost, in that it goes back to my childhood, uh, talks about that experience with the old black ghost, and then goes forward into my my uh, childhood, my youth, my young adulthood, uh, my adulthood, and then on forward. So it's kind of a chronological order of the highlights of my life as uh, living with a psychic gift and experiencing the things that I have. And then in that book, I do write about uh, the behind the scenes about how it was to film the uh, TV pilot for the History Channel. So that's included in there. Uh, as, as well as a lot more uh, paranormal stories, you know, true stories of the paranormal. Okay. So it's it's pretty exciting. There's a lot of neat things in there, uh, ghost hunting in Salem and <laughs> all kinds of neat things. But the, uh, the knock in the attic, the reason the book is titled that way, this home that we lived in in upstate New York at the time, there would be this paranormal knocking that came from the attic that was so loud that the neighbors could hear it outside. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was. And then I'll kind of leave it there, and okay. not spoil it, because there's a really neat ending, a really neat twist to uh, <laughs> to what develops with that knocking, and then the resolution of it. So I'll leave that for the readers. But that's that's the second oh, book, gosh. and uh, I got to meet my uh, my hero in New York, Ari Geller, the world famous psychic Ari Geller. Right. And, of course, he's raised a lot of controversy over the years. Is he fake? Is he real or whatever? I can tell you with certainty he is genuine. He is real. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the reasons that I know that, I studied magic when I was a kid, you know, like card magic mm-hmm. things like that. I was I was obsessed with it, fascinated with it. So I knew enough magic that I, I could watch Uri and see if he was doing anything, any trickery. I, could, I knew I could catch it. So... Uh, uh, as a uh, prequel to that now, uh, back up a little bit here. Uh, for some reason, and I really don't even remember why, when I was living in New York, Uri and I started corresponding via email and then eventually by snail mail. And it wasn't a starstruck thing with, with Uri. It was, uh, we were discussing some very specific paranormal things. And uh, I had never, at that time, I didn't have my photograph on my website, so he wouldn't have known me from Adam if he passed me on the street other than if his psychic abilities alerted him. And uh, all he, you know, that's that's all he had, all he knew about me was our, our correspondence. And uh, I saw one time that he was coming to uh, give a demonstration in New York City, and I told my wife, I said, oh, God, we we got to get tickets to go see Uri. And she's like, yeah. So we got the tickets, and we went, the tickets were anonymous. You didn't even give your name for the tickets or anything. You didn't give your name when he went in. You just handed him the tickets. So I went in, and she says, well, I know you believe Uri's real, but how are you going to be certain? I said, well, I'll, I'll know during the demonstration, for one. And I said, the second thing is, if I can get just close enough to touch him, his energy coming into me, my energy going into him, I will know. My psychic gift will tell me if he's the real deal or not. So uh, we were sitting there waiting for the demonstration to begin. I said, oh, i got to go to the restroom. So I was going into the restroom. Who do you think's coming out of the restroom? Uri. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? Just kind of smiled, and he smiled at me, and I patted him on the shoulder as I went by, and I said, ah, there we go, there's my touch. And I was like, yep, he's absolutely genuine. So he gave a marvelous demonstration. I write a little bit about that in the book. And uh, 
then at the end, you could uh, buy one of his books, or if you'd bought a book, he'd autograph it for you. So I had a book that I wanted him to autograph. Uh, we were standing there in line, and as we got closer, he looked up and smiled and nodded. Oh, I love the guy from the restroom. And I smiled at him. He got my book and started to sign it, and he stopped, and he went, wait a minute. I know you. And I laughed, and I said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, we've never met in person. This is the first time we've met in person, but I know you. And I said, yeah. And he said, oh, he said, we've emailed you and I. Oh. And I said, yes. And he said, no, wait a minute. He said, not only email, we've also done snail mail together. And we've discussed very specific paranormal things together, psychic things together. And I said, yes, we have. And then I introduced myself to him. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh so, yeah, so he he knew. He's the real deal. It was, it was really awesome. Oh, my gosh. There was your proof. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So exciting to talk about this. And then your next book, 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities. I mean, everybody wants to know about that. Yeah, that's uh, that book came about because over the years, the other side has taught me some things directly that work. I know they work because the other side taught them to me. I've used them successfully. And uh, over the years, I've given these things to my clients uh, as appropriate in the readings for whatever situation they were going through and said, okay, do this and give them a, a technique. So I thought, you know, man, what am I doing? I need to put these techniques in a book and get it out there where everybody can utilize it and everybody can, can take advantage of it. And the techniques in the book are how to learn psychometry, dream interpretation, candle magic, how to construct your own protective amulets and talismans, how to conduct an old-school seance, how to attract the perfect mate, uh, on and on and on, all kinds of practical things. And in writing this book, uh, it's 20 ways, so each chapter has one technique. I define the technique. I tell you, explain to you what it is. I tell you step-by-step step how to learn it. You don't have to have any prior experience. You don't have to think that you have to be specially talented or gifted or anything. I'll teach you how to learn the technique, how to practice it, get good at it, and then the real-world application of it. And uh, in writing this book, there's so many books out there that are overly complicated uh, they make things too highbrow. They make things too hard to understand. And they also are full of things that, well, you have to buy these expensive implements and you have to look for these hard to find herbs and you have to wait till the full moon on the third month of whatever to do this stuff. And it's like, no, 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 you don't. No, you don't. And I simplified everything. And all the reader feedback has been, John, this is so great because number one, I get it. I can understand it. It's not complicated. I understand what you're talking about. I understand how to learn it. And most importantly, and I've got reader feedback now from all over the world, Spain, Switzerland, all, all over, readers all over the world, and they've said, John, it works. It works. Yeah. So that's, that's the, uh, the great thing. And, and I'll give readers a little, uh, listeners a little, a little tease out of that, mm -hmm. uh, talking about dream interpretation. And uh, the value of dream interpretation and how to guide that and how to help yourself receive information that you need through your dreams. And one of the things that kind of spurred me in, in that direction in that study was many years ago I had a friend that worked for the NSA, the National Security Agency, as a code breaker. And he told me, he said, John, we had this code. He said, we had all our computers on it. We had all our minds, best minds on it. And he said, we could not break this thing. And he said, I became so obsessed with it. And he said, it drove me to distraction. It drove me to a frazzle. It just wore me down. And he said, I was just exhausted trying to trying to break this thing. And he said, I went home one night, and I was in my suit and tie. And he said, I walked to the foot of my bed, and I turned around 
with my calves and the back of my legs against the bed. And I just fell backward into bed with my suit and tie and shoes on. And just, I was exhausted. And he said, I immediately just fell asleep. That's how exhausted I was. And he said, when I fell asleep, I began to lucid dream. Mm -hmm. And he said, here was this code, the characters in this code running across like the ticker tapes on Wall Street. Here it came running across like that. And he said, in my dream, I was like, oh my God, I can't even get away from this thing. In my dreams, it's going to make me insane. It's going to drive me crazy. And he said, below it, another ticker tape started, and on it was the letters in clear, in English, below the code. And he saw enough of it in his dream, and he immediately woke up, and he grabbed a pencil and paper he had by the bed, and wrote down what he saw, went back into the office, and that broke the code. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we can get valuable, valuable needed information yes. in our dreams yeah. if we'll pay attention to them. And I tell people how to do that, how to interpret their dreams, how to direct and guide their dreams to get useful information that they need. So there's a lot of information in this book. Mm -mm -mm. 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities. I love this. This is, I, I'm going to actually go out and get all of your books here. Oh, um, bless your heart. Yeah, I really I am. I need to know all of this. I've had, some, I I've, had I've had some interesting things at certain points in my life happen that um, just stunned me. And yeah. I, I, I have one in particular, I call it the chicken list. I was grocery shopping with my little daughter in the cart, and this was, I don't know, back in the maybe the early 90s, and I set my shopping list down in the meat department. I set it down on a package of chicken, right? and I watched, just like you told me you saw the man in the hallway just disappear, I saw it start at the bottom of the list. And it just became transparent or translucent, and it disappeared. Wow. And and I didn't have my list anymore. I, I didn't know what else I wow, needed. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome! <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. So I, I didn't know what to do with that at the time. Let's just right, say that right. you know, it was just so yeah. Yep. The other side has ways of getting our attention mm -hmm. and letting us know that the invisible realm is real. <laughs> It interacts with us. We can interact with it and, and make our lives better and more positive. And that's one of the things I've done in all of my books, Pat, is to take away the fear. You know, mm -hmm. people, people default to a, uh, a knee-jerk reaction of fear when confronted with the paranormal because that's what we've been taught, right. either through our religions or through, you know, these, uh, like, like the ghost hunters on TV that want you to think there's a demon behind every bush and everything's scary and malevolent and prideful. I've done, oh, God, hundreds and hundreds of paranormal investigations beginning when I was 11. And I've never been bitten or scratched yeah. or threatened or pushed or pulled or yanked or had anything negative happen to me in any of these paranormal investigations. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I try and do is to get people to understand, look, this realm is not this big, malevolent, dangerous thing that these people have built it up to be. And it's not the exorcist movie and it's not you know this so yeah you know when that happened i just kind of took it in stride i'm like oh well there goes my there list goes, there goes my <laughs> list <laughs> that's an amazing experience isn't it it was and i think i was more surprised by the way i reacted to it or didn't react yeah that you know. didn't freak out right <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right, let's talk about your most recent book, The Crying Tree and the Magic Rock. Yeah, that one is complete and will be coming out sometime this year. Okay. And uh, it goes back to the nonfiction storytelling again uh, with more stories, some of them that I have 
have uh, only recently spoken about in my interviews that I've done and uh, the, the stories that I've never written about before. Uh, one of the really, really great stories in there, um, there was a, my dearest best friend growing up, and he's on the other side now, God bless him. But uh, he was uh, he was Mexican, and where I lived in West Texas, I had a lot of Mexican friends, and we had a um, a Mexican nightclub there. And when I was young, my mother and I sometimes, at, at, when it wasn't too hot, and we could leave the windows open all the way, and didn't have to turn our evaporative air conditioner on, uh, we would sit at night and sometimes listen to music, or sometimes just listen to the sounds of nature coming in at night, or talk a little bit, or whatever. Well, we were sitting there one night, we heard this Mexican music coming in the window. And we were like, what in the world? And we sit there and listened, and it would kind of rise and fall and rise and fall. And it was Cinco de Mayo. And finally, we figured out that from several blocks away, probably half a mile or a mile away, there was this Mexican nightclub, a popular Mexican nightclub, and they were playing music on Cinco de Mayo. And when the wind was just right, it would carry the music up to our house. And we could hear it all the way up there. And I found that so fascinating. So I was telling my buddy, my Mexican buddy, about that experience. And he got this uh, funny look on his face. And I said, what? And he said, that nightclub, and I don't remember if it was his mother or his aunt, or but, but anyways, there were, uh, there were several of his relatives that were in there, uh, in this Mexican nightclub. And he told me this. Now, his mother was not given to flights of fancy. He was not given to making things up or misunderstanding anything. And, you know, like I say, I, I don't believe in this concept of evil behind every bush and all this thing and so on and so forth. But uh, they had the most phenomenal experience, they told him. And, and he related to me about this Mexican nightclub where I had heard the music coming from. And he said they were, um, everybody was in there. Uh, dancing and having a good time, drinking, listening to the music, listening to the band. And he said this this man came in that was just ridiculously handsome, dressed to the nines in this expensive, expensive suit, just exuding this air of confidence and authority and magnetism and everything. And they said the, the only thing wrong is pants legs drug the floor. They completely covered up his shoes. And everybody thought, now how weird is it this guy is so handsome and then this otherwise perfectly tailored expensive suit that his pants legs are dragging the floor. Nobody could figure out that. But anyways, all the women were enamored with him, and he had his pick of dancing with any woman to, wanted to for the rest of the night, and he danced with everybody, and everybody was dancing, drinking, listening to the music. And he sat down with one of the women at a table after one of the dances, and he crossed his legs, and he crossed his legs a little too quickly, and his pants leg flew up, and when it did, it revealed his hoof. Oh. And everybody began to yell and scream and point, and he looked down and realized what he had done, and he jumped up, ran out into the darkness, and disappeared. And so that's one of the one of the tales I recount in this book, as, as well as a whole lot of others. And uh, like I say, going back into the storytelling mode, and also uh, there's a book, a series of books that I dearly, dearly love that Robert Fulgham wrote. He started out with everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And I loved his essay style, and it inspired me to kind of work in that essay style in regards to learning spiritual lessons and making spiritual observations. And so a lot of that's in uh, in this book that will be coming out next year, or, or this year, yes. rather. Mm -hmm. And then late this year or early next year, I'm halfway through my fifth book, which is called 
the Cansack Ghost. Mm. And that's titled after a ghost that we had that rattled the sack of cans we used to keep for the oh. uh, the guy that came back to collect those. So a whole bunch more new paranormal experiences in that. And then uh, I've had people ask me over the years, say, are you going to ever write a novel with paranormal overtones? Yeah. So finally, I have begun a... Um, a serial killer, serial killer novel with paranormal overtones, and uh, beta reader assures me it's going to be a bestseller. Mm-hmm. So cross fingers and hope. But anyways, that's in the works. And then uh, down the road, there'll still be more books on the uh, on the nonfiction paranormal. Oh, the Crying Tree and, and the Magic Rock. So that's coming out soon. And yeah, the Cansack yeah. be out this year. Ghost. I think a novel would be um, something important to be on your list of things to do. I think so. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, I'm, I'm a nonfiction writer, mm-hmm. and I've, I've had, uh, I've, I've done some, uh, some short stories and things that were published, but I've always struggled to find my voice in fiction yeah. until this serial killer novel, and this sucker dropped into my lap full blown. I knew him, his family, his background, his history, his quirks, his idiosyncrasies, his <laughs> raisin d'etre, uh, the, the whole nine yards worth, and I was like, oh wow. And it's kind of writing itself because I just kind of have to watch him and his interactions and write down what he does. So it's it's really fascinating to me. It's really great. So uh, hopefully that'll be be shopped to the agents or whatever later this year, and we'll see what happens with it. Excellent. Yeah. Wow, so much going on. How can we help? How can our listeners help once they hear this? What would you like us to do? What kind of call to action? Get copies of your books? Get copies of my books because you're going to enjoy them. And, and I guarantee you've never, you know, as a, and you know this being in writing, uh, if you approach an agent or an editor or whatever, they tell you, give me comp titles. In other words, comparable titles right. that are like your book because there's no unique books. There's always a comp title. So I always told them with writing with Ghost Angels and Spirits of the Dead, I said, there's no comp title for this, man. And and so uh, one of uh, an editor friend of mine that owns a publishing company, he looked at the manuscript and he went, this is unique. There's nothing like this out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people are going to read stories that they've never read before, told in an entertaining way, uh, in ways that they've never read before. They're going to enjoy them. And like with 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities, you're going to get valuable, good information. So buy my books. They're available at all major booksellers online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Apple Books. Uh, for people that want more information about me and the books, they can go to my website, which is johnrussellauthor.com. Oh. johnrussellauthor.com. And then anybody wanting to know more about my psychic work, johnrussell.net. Okay. Excellent. Well, if anybody's listened today, they've got to be intrigued, inspired, excited. So get riding with ghosts, angels, and the spirits of the dead. A knock in the attic. We are intrigued by that. 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities. And I think everyone probably wants to know the answers to that. Coming right. up soon, the crying tree and the magic rock. The Cansack ghost. That's going to be a goodie. <laughs> That's a wonderful title. Isn't it's it? so good. Yes. John, thank you for today. I am just, I don't know, so excited. And you made me think back to my chicken list. I got to give that a little bit more. That's thought. awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Pat, I appreciate it. I thank you for having me on. I've enjoyed it so much. Hope the listeners enjoy it. And it's been great talking with you. <laughs>